We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. We are here with a brand new show today. It's in its final season. We are talking season four of Barry, episodes one through four. It's me, Kathleen, and a, a celebrity on the pod. He's a friend of the pod. You know him from our Emmys episode. We know him from our uh, Best Shows of 2022 episode. It's Tyler. It's Team Money. He is the Barry pro of the F. I just binged all four, all three seasons recently, maybe two months ago, a month and a half ago. And I just watched all four episodes today. I've been waiting to do this pod to binge them. So I'm riding so high on that episode four. It's going to be hard not to just talk episode four the whole time. But we're going to get to all of it. Tyler, how are you feeling? Well, I'm, uh, I'm always excited to be on the Binge Town podcast, number three. I consider myself the Logan Roy of this podcast, just the angry old man that's <laughs> yelling about critically acclaimed television. But we're really carving out a niche on Bingetown for some of my favorite TV shows now. You got Succession. You guys are crushing it. You know I'm hitting you with the side text on Succession as much as I can. I think the biggest thing was with Severance, you know, doing God knows what in production right now. Kathleen. Mm -hmm. Knew I needed a lifeline. And when Barry's <laughs> when Barry's coming, when Barry's hitting hard in the final season, yep. that's when I shine. So I'm excited to be on. Yeah. For Severance, Tyler will be a mainstay. And we'll probably have you on for a succession, something for succession at some point as well. Um, but yes, okay. Barry one through four. I'm gonna let Tyler run this since he's the pro. Uh, I have some general questions, but I was thinking of questions through one through four, and then all of a sudden the end of four happens and all my questions disappeared and I have brand yeah, new questions. Yeah, well, 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 look, for anybody listening, if you have not watched any of the first four episodes of Barry season four, you want to turn this podcast off, come back to it because it's going to be a banger, but you want to <laughs> watch that because we're going to be talking about spoilers. And look, one of the greatest parts of Barry is the fact that every episode is 20 to 28 minutes long so it's really not a show that i think you and i could do in every episode pod on but right. i love we're going to do these first four episodes because we're at the halfway point of the season and then we're going to wrap it up at the end of the season with just some last minute thoughts now for me just to talk about the first half of this season this show is really, really great. And <laughs> there is so much good television out there that, you know, we start talking about Severance or Better Call Saul and all of a sudden we're not talking about Succession or, you know, there's just so many good things going on. But I really have an appreciation for shows that can do something that no one else is doing. And what Bill Hader has done with Barry is he uses all of the skill and production value and things that HBO's budget has to offer. But he delivers this 25-minute show that every freaking part of dialogue, every cut scene, everything that happens in it is so meticulously thought out by him. And this show in season one was about, you know, hey, it's funny. It's the hitman mm -hmm. who is starting to act. But really, when you end season one, throughout all even the tumultuous season it's kind of this idea of do our mistakes define us that is what barry was kind of asking the question can we be a good guy even though we've done bad things or a good person even though we've done bad things 
And season four to me is in one hand, the consequence season, right? So this is, Mm -hmm. this season is the consequence of all the things that have happened in the first three seasons of this show. And it's also for me really carving out this idea of PTSD and obviously Barry being in from the military background, he elicits the piece, the PTSD throughout the show, but we are now seeing every character in the show has been either they've off screen in Sally's case have had bad experiences earlier in their life that have led them to these decision-making processes all the way through to Hank, who in the finale of season three, literally like I was waiting for the punchline, but there's no punchline. He has to kill a tiger and kill two women to get out of Bolivia. So (laughs) this is the consequence season, the PTSD season, but it still makes me fucking laugh. I've never watched a show that makes me upset and laugh so much. So that's kind of my synopsis. You know, Barry's out of jail. Him and Sally are going to run away together. Gene Cousineau's up in Big Bear doing God getting not getting Coral Tree Cafe anytime soon. (laughs) And Noho Hank and freaking uh, Noho Hank just with the heartbreaking heel turn. So let's start there. We just finished season four. Episode four happened on Sunday. Kathleen, I know that you've been binging, but Cristobal and Hank's relationship in the show from like us, the hive of people that have been watching the show for the last five years is like one of the one of everybody's favorite parts of the show. And to see that come to an end at the end of season four was heartbreaking. It was honestly a it was honestly a heartbreaking scene. So what did you think of episode four? Yeah, as the resident queer girly on the pod, too, I think, you know, I had a soft spot for Crystal Ball and Noho Hank and specifically Noho Hank. I remember when I was watching season one, finally, I was texting Tyler being like, Noho Hank is my boy. Right. I mean, he's <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. And I think Bill Hader is taking so many risks in this season which is phenomenal. I think a lot of them end up in episode four. I was saying to you earlier, the first episode was a little depressing. It wasn't as funny, but they're setting the scene um, for the consequences of the first three seasons, like you said. And then they start picking up, right? It starts getting funny. Um, and I even like that in in final seasons when you, you're reminded of all the debauchery that's happened in the previous seasons. It's nice, like... Uh, we've got Gene doing the one man show at one point. We've got Barry narking out like the crime syndicate and they have all the people on the board. And it's just nice <laughs> to see. It's, but, it's really my- nice. I will say that Fred Armisen's face shocked <laughs> me to my core. And, you know, they're probably such buddies from SNL and everything else they've done. I'm just thinking of like the Californians and how much I love all those skits. And the fact that he brought Fred in just to make these faces, you know, no words, really just this Fred Armisen face, Barry knowing exactly. exactly that guy's here to kill. That guy's here to <laughs> kill me. <laughs> yep. The- and you would think that they wouldn't beat up Fuke so bad for n- knowing that and trying to warn them. He was trying to warn them against it. Not yeah, but that just means that they know that he knows something about it. True, and now he has mega street cred in the jail. (laughs) Okay, so my quick synopsis of these first four episodes: we start off with Barry in prison. Barry is not understanding what happened, and Gene Cousineau is like, "I got you, motherfucker." Yes, and that is leading to Sally going back home to Missouri, which is. (laughs) which is hilarious and awful at the same time. But it also goes in line with, you know, that first episode is really just everybody figuring out about Barry at once, right? Noho Hank figuring out about it and realizing, oh shit, I got to help Barry. Fuchs coming to grips with the fact that him and Barry still love each other. Um, And Barry, you know, Sally says, go fuck yourself. Gene Cousineau says, I hate you. That's what goes, what spirals him into that epic beating from the 
you know, his rant when he finally says, you know, he's this is a bad dude. He finally says in one thing in in all the in all the episodes, he never just says like how bad of a guy he is. Yep. And he says how bad of a guy he is and he's going to die. And then Fuchs saves him and he's back. But that's kind of the jumping off point where now we've got Sally trying to rehabilitate her career, doing acting classes. Now, you know, being an acting teacher to uh, the new star of Mega Girls, which is the, <laughs> the best. Again, like the dark comedy stuff, like the fact that the movie is called Mega Girls and it's being it's being uh, directed by the woman who directed Coda. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, read... the audience is going to watch Mega Girls and think that's from the woman who directed Coda. <laughs> <laughs> I read that she didn't necessarily want to do it because she thought Bill Hader was making fun of, or not Bill Hader, but it was genuinely making fun of Coda. But he convinced her that, no, it's, it's you have this breakout indie hit or whatever you want to call it, and then you go and do something in the Marvel Universe because you get the big call, and it's like yeah. mega girls. <laughs> and she finally was like, it, okay, that's It that's really funny. is. I mean, with any good show nowadays, like Bill Hader does like a small podcast afterwards. There's so much out there. He was saying that the title of Mega Girls actually came from Ali Wong, which was funny to me. She's well, like one dating. of his buds. They're dating? They're dating. Yes, it just oh dropped my recently. God, I didn't even know that. I didn't even <laughs> know that. So they're like, now I'm just imagining like Bill Hader and Ali Wong, you know, laying in bed, smoking a cig. <laughs> and, and she's like, you know what you should call that fake movie? Mega Girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's incredible. pillow talk. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So we've got Barry in jail, getting out of jail by a failed assassination. Hank and Cristobal trying to recapture LA with a sand scheme, you know, that turns on Cristobal's crime utopia, which, you know, what we were all looking forward to. Dave and Buster's is a great hangout for crime <laughs> utopia. Um, I thought it was a good turn for them to go straight, you know, have a have a enterprise that was legal, something that they can actually be nine to five fuckers or whatever. Yeah, say. It's, <laughs> the scene where they're going around the tape, they're going around the Dave and Buster's table. They're like, who would have thought the Bolivians and the Chechens could get together? But now we're together. We're fucking <laughs> like hang to fuck. Look at jalapeno poppers for the table. Um, he, you know, the, the thing that's so, again, going back to, so with Hank's character, just to focus in, and where I want to kind of go with this is that now we're at this like midpoint of the season. And I think you and I should put out some predictions for what each main character is going to be doing in the next when we see them by the end of the show. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to tab the main characters as Fuchs. Barry, Sally, Noho Hank, and Gene. I think that's like the, and that's the core five that yep. they kind of use throughout the show. But kind of focusing in on Noho Hank's character, thinking in the first episode that he's got to save Barry to being betrayed by Barry, it's a really fine line because you're only talking about four episodes, right? Like we're talking about an hour and 40 minutes that they had to essentially weave through hang to get to this point where he turns on crime utopia and has to kill Cristobal, which mm. is heartbreaking. But, you know, there's little things that they do a great job with. Again, going back to Bill Hader talking about the show, he mentioned that an editor, he, one of the editors of this show is one of the main editors from succession, which is again, like the, it's the HBO flex. Yep. And there wasn't going to be a scene in episode three where like the guy from last season, the Chechen guy goes up to Hank and says like, Hey, you better fucking roll with the Chechens or we're going to roll you. And he was saying like, he wanted it to be this big plot twist and shock that Hank turned on them all. And the editor was like, it's still going to be a shock to the viewer, which it was to me, but you need that third episode quick scene where Hank is also getting pushed on by the Chechens to really feel like his decision made sense. And with Hank going back to this core, this consequences and PTSD, which I'm going to keep bringing up as the viewer, you almost forget it. But like the end of season three is so traumatic to Hank that 
he got out of it by literally becoming Barry, essentially. He kills a guard, takes his gun, kills a tiger, kills like a bunch of other people in Bolivia. And he says like a very important line to Cristobal in that last scene. He says, I feel more like Hank than I've ever felt. Right. When Mm -hmm. he says this is in you. And that's kind of like all of that to me really paid off because this is like Hank's breaking bad moment. Right. Like he's like, I am a fucking crime boss. There is no crime utopia. And Cristobal, you're going to fall in line. And because Cristobal won't, he has to kill Cristobal because he knows too much. So we were talking about, you know, every no one liked to see that relationship end. But. Can we just give it up real quick for Anthony Carrigan, the actor who plays Noho Hank? The, 100%. the facial expressions in the scene, like when he sits down and couch. starts crying and the door opens and you see the shirt and you think it might be Cristobal, but it's just the guy walking in. I mean, it literally reminded me of an argument that you would have with like a really terrible argument that would be the cause of a breakup in a normal ver- you know, if we just take out like the crime stuff, let's <laughs> yeah. say that like you bought a car that you and your spouse didn't talk about. And it's that we've all been in those in those types of arguments where all of a sudden it's like you double down on it, you know, because you know you're wrong, but you're like <laughs> but you're in the fight. So you're like, you can't leave like, you know, too much. You can't leave me and then tries to walk it back. No, I'm sorry. Just come in. We'll get a drink. But it's gone. You know, what he did was unforgivable and crossed too much of a line for him to ever be trusted. And it was just heartbreaking that that's how Cristobal I was. My heart was beating out of my chest when I thought Cristobal was going to be was going to die in the sand. That was terrifying. I I thought for sure he was dead. Right. So even in that last scene where he does die, when Noho Hank looks at him before he walks out the door and says, no, you can't leave. I was like, soon as he walks out, he's getting shot in the head. He's getting shot right at the front step. But then he didn't. So I'm like, okay, when's this going to happen? You don't see anyone around. And Noho Hank was able to walk up to him and try and convince him again. And yes, that was that was beautifully shot. You don't need to see it. You don't need to. It was it was beautifully done. I'm surprised we didn't hear a gunshot. Maybe it wasn't a gunshot, but I assumed it was. Yeah. And again, I I think as like the you can as the director, you can say like, oh, they were using a silencer or something. But yeah, it was just the scene was the scene was great. And it was very necessary because Noah Hank and Krista Ball's relationship over the last couple of seasons has become such an integral part of the show. But kind of, again, looking at those core five, we are at a spot now where we're going to we're time jumping. We are time jumping. Right. And Noah Hank, when we're time jumping, is going into that time jump as the hardened crime Chechen crime boss of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And he's cornered the sand market, which <laughs> sand is another theme of this season. How many, you know, memories and flashbacks and even, you know, flash forwards have been in sand. So there's a there's a lot of sand That's going true. on. But I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it with you. What right first? I'm going to put it on you first. So we know where we are with Hank right now. He has he is a broken man, but he's a hardened war crime boss now. Where do you think Hank's going to be by the end of this show in four episodes? So let me ask you a question. Do you think the sand still they're still going to do the sand thing and be crime lords? Do you think the sand is still an avenue they're going to go for and that and still do drugs and all that junk, too? You know, I yeah, I don't I think the sand is not I don't think the sand is all they're going to do. But I think it's just (laughs) another example of like, I mean, God, the starting episode three with the guy with um, with the gun going down the back of this. It's like, why would you need a protector of the sand? It just makes draws more attention. It's just so funny. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be. Act- I mean, I imagine that the sand is just maybe going to be like the front for what they're doing, if I had to guess. But um, really, why he turned on them was more because he, you can't trust anybody in the crime. You know, there's no crime utopia. They mm-hmm. would turn on him. So he's got to use his connections to the Chechens. But yeah, I think he's still going to be doing heroin and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting because after Cristobal came out of the sand, 
it's kind of interesting how he wasn't really meaning no ho hey wasn't really he was regretful that he went in but he wasn't really asking like are you okay he was just so focused in all episode you see him being nervous but you think maybe it's because barry's gone like i was not thinking he's gonna turn on them i was just like yeah i love this good crime that's good i love it specter you know Episode four is the least amount that Bill Hader's been in an episode in the show. He's mm. only in five seconds at the end. And what they did so well was they used the helicopter as the specter of, you know, Barry, right? Barry's always there. And as the viewer, I was disarmed. I thought Noho Hank was just worried because he knew that the hit failed. And, you know, he's worried that Barry's going to show up even when he's, literally getting him out of the sand like when he's getting crystal ball water on his face and you hear gunshots my mind is going oh something like an accident happened and barry's killing all them like i didn't think that was going to happen just from the time stamp on the show but like as the viewer they're making you think that and all of a sudden it does make total sense that he double crossed everybody but mm-hmm. crystal ball everything he's always wanted to do is crime utopia which is just the funniest thing to me literally from <laughs> From the first like episode seven I, of the of the show, I think is when you first see Cristobal, and he's always just like <laughs> uniting the crime, the crime syndicates. Um, <laughs> it's so funny, but it is sad. Like Hank, to your point, he was pretty focused on what he was going to do. He was calculated. He was cold. Yes, and then that argument. It's like he's laying out everything that you're not saying in the relationship. He calls him naive. He calls him, he says crime utopia is a fantasy, mm-hmm. which hit me hard. I was really thinking crime utopia could work. <laughs> um, and honestly, but you know, it makes me think before we get to Noho Hank's conclusion, I do think yeah. we need to we need to go into Barry and Sally and where they're going first. Because I'll I'll be honest, they've been showing us throughout this season, Barry essentially in his mind, thinking about the moment he met Fuchs and when, you know, when the door is left open in episode two by Sally for telling him that she feels safe with him, it's got, he's using sand to think about their future kid getting married and all this stuff. So I really thought that the last scene in episode four was just Barry thinking what could be, but my brother, friend of the podcast, Zach, who also is a big Barry guy, uh, we were talking about the episode and he was saying, no, I'm I'm pretty sure they're jumping forward. And I was like, on a rewatch of it, you could see that it was a little bit more real, like where they were, the house, where the house was. And then Bill Hader confirmed in a podcast that this is a time jump. The kid that him and Sally have in that time jump looks like he's probably seven or eight years old, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just say we're jumping ahead 10 years in time. Barry and Sally have run off. They have had a kid together. The kid does not know what Call of Duty is. So Barry's (laughs) obviously sheltering that kid from being anything like him. What did you think about that scene with that? Again, I know it's quick, but there's a couple of things that really jumped out at to me about it. I'm going to tell you my initial thought was Barry has a brother. So when they're on the sand, whoa. And whoa. he said I thought he was remembering a memory cuz they kept flashing yeah, back that's to what they, I mean again, this is and this is everything that we're talking about is what the show wants you to think, right? They want right. you to think it's a flashback or it's Barry when he was a kid. But you hear Again, the rewatch of it was so important for me. I know you just got done, but if you even rewatch that scene, you hear that the kid is called a different name when the two kids are fighting. And it's like, oh shit, like this is not Barry. This is that's what it took. It's a John and Travis. And I'm like, okay, now what am I looking at? I'm confused. And the one kid calls the dad, dad. So I was thinking, oh, they're brothers. And I'm like, "Mm, no, they're not. And then when they walk in, I was like, I still didn't really realize what it was because Barry has had hallucination, not hallucinations. He's he's yeah. daydreaming about his life with Sally before. So to me, I did rewatch it and it is slightly different. It does have a different feel, 
But I still had to Google it to confirm that we were doing a time jump because it didn't say eight years later, which it would have been cheap if it did, you know, with all the Bill haters, not he's he's he's. And look, that's the thing. Like, I was surprised on his podcast that he said it was a time jump because it could go either way for me. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, we're going to when we after this, when we talk about, you know, when we finish our conclusion of NoHo Hank. And obviously, Crystal Ball, you know, Henry Winkler's character, Gene Cousineau, like all the characters were kind of getting to a point where like they were kind of done. They kind of like it. They needed that time jump. But the thing that I wanted to talk about was the fridge that the kid opens. Yeah, the donut. (laughs) So the donut, which, you know, for those of you out there that remember Barry's eating the donut in the, you know, the the main picture that they use for season three. He is eating the donut when he kills the guy in the first episode of season three. And it's something that Sally buys him when she thinks that he's having a bad day when she's trying to take care of him. So the donut is there. And then we've got multiple bottles of wine and a six pack of Bud Heavies. (laughs) And Sally looking like Desperate housewives, Sally. Yeah, yeah, weathered. <laughs> yeah, she looks like uh, she looks like the traditional person that has been chewed up and spit out. Well, let me let me ask you. I think I think that you can call her by her Hollywood name, but I have to call her by the director's name, Untitled Vagina, Untitled <laughs> Vagina Girl, <laughs> whatever that one. <laughs> so entitled. He's like you're entitled Vagina Girl. <laughs> So, first of all, that was fucking incredible. And I think that the only flaw this show has is underutilizing Darcy Carden's uh, character because Darcy Carden's a fucking comedy genius. I love her. Wait, who is Darcy Carden? It's was Sally's assistant girl who was in the class. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's, she's phenomenal. Great. She's in uh, The Good Place. She's your, in I that. I chopped your carrots for you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And that scene is iconic. It really is yeah. iconic. Uh, but Sally, I'm not surprised by Sally's backstory, but her parents are really awful. I mean, her dad just blissfully unaware and he's just chilling because his wife is obviously, you know, yeah, one of my one of my favorite shows, uh, one of my favorite lines from this season, which I almost opened the podcast one with was, oh, there's my girl under dad's desk. <laughs> there's my little girl under dad's desk. It's like, <laughs> what? like, did you hear about my boyfriend? Ooh, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. <laughs> that's murder. Ugh, yikes. <laughs> the dad is is just letting everything happen. And the mom is essentially blaming Sally for being abused by her former spouse and dating a murderer. In, Enough in to want to call the abusive spouse's mom and apologize and say, you know, you know, Sally, which is terrible. So Sally's going through it. Obviously, she lost her show last season and Barry gets arrested for murdering their the, who you know, Jean's wife, who they were close with, and she was there that day. So her, like, I was fucking there scene <laughs> was amazing. And but we'll take, she really, uh, we'll take some chili cheese tater tots to go as well. <laughs> but she really yeah. makes a bit of a comeback for herself. She dug herself up, and and the teaching maybe wasn't going perfectly. She was doing the Jean approach of shaming them into a good performance, uh, and it made sense for for the tall blondie, which I forget her name. But the guy offered her a job. He's like, I'm willing to help you get your job. You're you're good. We just need to, you know, shake it up a bit. But she decides to go with Barry, which were you were you surprised by that? So she and the other thing you got to think about, if you remember the end of last season, when she fires her agent, she walks after she fires her agent. She walks into that same room that Barry's in that like darkness, because it's supposed to be like. She's kind of walking into the darkness and then she gets home and it's like she almost knows that Barry's in that darkness. Now, were you surprised that she wanted to go with him? I just didn't know that that was going to be the next step. I didn't know. Let's run away for eight years was the next step at all. I don't think I was thinking that. I think I I didn't think she was going to be scared of him. I thought if he was in there, I was so pumped she knew he was going to be in there. I think that's an amazing connection they have and a vibe they have. But 
I didn't know it was like, let's get out of here. So, yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised that that was even the option. But yeah, yeah, because what is she going to do? Sally, Sally needs something bigger. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Sally that I that, again, is my favorite part of her character. And I've I've also read the same the same, uh, you know, Reddit threads that love the Hank Cristobal relationship have been shitting on Sally since season one. Because she's obviously kind of just in season one, she's kind of intolerable. She's supposed to be, you know, the quintessential actress looking to make it. Mm-hmm. But going back to PTSD, Barry has PTSD from the war. Hank has it from recently escaping Bolivia, right? Gene has it from his girlfriend who he loved being murdered in a in, on a trip to Big Bear that he was on. Mm-hmm. But Sally... The thing that you got to realize as the viewer is that Sally has it ingrained in her. She had a whole life. She had she you knew she had a husband who physically assaulted her and abused her. And now they give you the inside to her childhood parents. And you see just how I mean, she comes home from Hollywood and her mom is just making sure that she's going to be able to take her to her, you know, doctor's appointment and is blaming her. So she's got PTSD ingrained in her. Yeah. My kind of thought is that she's got the PTSD ingrained in her. And then we talk about consequences. Sally, you know, it's posing the question, which I guess I'll pose to you with all this shit happening is Sally. Do you find Sally to be a victim in this show? Yeah, I do. I think Sally, everything you just said, I mean, how can she not be? She's pretty oblivious of everything that's happening in front of her. She's very self-absorbed. But again, it's a product of growing up that way, I guess, and and taking a hold of her own life and trying to make something of herself. She's very self-absorbed, obviously, there's a lot of stuff scenes where her and Barry are just so completely unaware of what's going on with the other one, especially last season. So, yeah, well, what do you think? I think that she's like the thesis of this show, and I do not think she's a victim. Now, again, it's like she is. She was abused. She's a woman trying to be an actress. So it's showing all of the misogyny and bullshit that they have to deal with, you know, even to the point where. I just want to take that <laughs> when she does a great dialogue and I want to put it on this hotter girl. Yeah. So bad things have happened to her, yes. but she now also does have to deal with the consequences that guess what? She killed a guy. Now oh, it yeah. was self-defense. <laughs> we haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> it was self-defense, but she did kill a man. And rather than reporting it, she did let Barry dump the body and ran away. She did call her friend a vagina. She called her unappreciative vagina girl or whatever. Like she's done bad things. Yeah. And I think the show is trying to make the point sometimes of like, look, PTSD, these bad things that happen to people can lead them to do bad things. But guess what? The, what when you do those bad things, what you do afterwards defines you as a person. And there are consequences for that. Mm-hmm. And Sally, to me, that's why, like when I saw Barry was there, I was watching with my wife and she she's watched the beginning of the show. Now she's kind of side eyeing it when I'm watching it. And I was like, oh, he's going with her because like in or she's going with him because. She went home. She saw how shitty that is. That's kind of her option right now. And I don't think that she's a victim. I think um, she's definitely not on the on a fair road, but she's done things that she can't take back. You put it that way. And I completely agree. I mean, that's everybody. You're right. That's everybody in this show. No one's no one's clean at, yeah, at this. And point. they're all, you know, everybody's coming to everybody's coming to the end of their consequences. So this is where can you, can I say that maybe Sally would be better off if Barry never even showed up because she had to kill that guy because of Barry. Oh, I mean, there's no doubt about that. There's no (laughs) doubt about that. And again, like even when she killed the guy, she was the victim there, but it's what you also do. Yeah. Yeah. you, You know, 
all of these people have done things like Hank needed to kill all those people to get out of Bolivia. But then he went and he, you know, destroyed crime utopia afterwards. Right. <laughs> Barry, you know, was fucked up from the war, but he didn't need to kill all those people to make money. Um mm-hmm. Or yeah. to keep his acting career going. Or, or I mean, happened. Barry says to Fuchs, he says, if I hadn't tried to understand myself, we wouldn't be here, which was a devastating line. Yeah. Well, Fuchs is a little bit of a quicker. So we we talked about Noah Hang. We got Sally and Barry. Before we get into Gene, Henry Winkler, who I just fucking, I just love. Adore. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick on Fuchs. So Stephen Root, the actor who plays him, is a legendary actor. And again, one of the things I love is that Steven Root is like, this is one of the, if not the best show I've ever been a part of. And his character from the first episode going into Barry, hey, Barry, uh, that guy that, that you said you killed in Rochester, can you walk me through that again? What exactly you did when he's wearing the wire? It's so funny. <laughs> and then he saves Barry and talks to the FBI agents like, Getting someone to turn, trying to get someone to turn against their best friend, real dick move. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of leaves you. Fuchs is a shorter, you know, look, he is the appendage of Barry. He's the origin of Barry. Fuchs, we don't, we don't need to talk about his, his uh, misgivings and his motivation so much because his character is kind of telling you that in his actual lines. He's like, I'm so sorry. It's my fault. And he, and all this different stuff he's watching, you know, He's watching freaking Rain Man and and getting sentimental, but (laughs) it is interesting. So like, what do you, so we got to think, because I want to talk about the flash forward for Fuchs. He's in jail, but they don't necessarily have a case against him Mm -hmm. in a real way. Like the reason that he is in jail is because in season one, his tooth is left at Nassar's place. Yeah, in the garage. Yeah. But they're but him being in jail is all tied to Barry's case, which is now gone because Barry escaped. So I think, and I'll lead off, that the Raven now has street cred. Yeah. And in 10 years, he's gonna be like probably in a network with Noho Hank as like a huge kingpin with a bunch of with a bunch of connections within LA. This is almost like his crime lord origin story. What do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. I also want to shout out Stephen Root had a little succession cameo in episode four. Oh, dude, yeah. Like- I mean, Stephen Root, who I can't even imagine at this point how much money he makes per per session. I mean, succession just blows him, just brings him in for like, he's in episode five of season three and like, He's literally says a speech in episode four of succession this season. I mean, come on. They, <laughs> Succession's got it like that. They got no, they got no budget. They really fucking do. But I, I just love that. The little HBO nod. It's, it's good stuff. Just, just Kings of HBO. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, he, he was really trying his first attempt of trying to rally the troops in jail. was, was not a, what did he say? Live wire. So, and yeah, Jason. the guy's name is the, so the first guy he calls on his name is Jason. No, no, you're going to be live wire. You know, you like TV, do you? I'll call you groove too. <laughs> you don't like that. You're Jason. Yeah. You're Jason. You're live wire. I'm the Raven. <laughs> and then they'd cut to him and Barry and Barry's like, man, you really commanded that room. <laughs> yeah. I think the scene of him walking in all beat up, everyone's waiting for him to sit down to eat and everyone goes in. That was the moment everything changed for him. So I agree. Everything you said, I couldn't say it better myself. I think he will be working with Noho Hank. I can't believe we're just never going to get this timeline again. That's insane. I, mean, I miss it already. Even though I'm excited for the jump. Again, we we don't know. So, like for all you for all we know, every episode might just have like what's happening in the future, and then they're closing things out. But I think the reality is, you know, Barry is an asshole, right? To the point where literally he's talking to the feds, and then when Noho Hank calls him on it, he's like literally flipping on Noho Hank in that scene because yeah. he's he's like, I didn't I what what are you talking about? I wouldn't fucking do that. <laughs> So he's he's in denial. So like, what do you think 
his life is going to be like with a kid, right? Like he's going to think that this is all done, right? Like this is, he's going to be totally in denial that he ever lived this life. And I think that kind of brings, brings us, if we're full circle on like Gene Cousin, we're going into Gene Cousineau's character who mm-hmm. epically leads Lon, the, the, the actor who, is from Vanity Fair on a merry chase to tell his tale. <laughs> you know, he ends this he- this past episode four by cowardly shooting his son in the shoulder. <laughs> Do you, so you think, th- I thought there were two shots. I thought he was dying. So again, this is another one where maybe I could be wrong. My brother was like, I can't believe he killed his son. And then when I, I didn't, when I took it as more of like, they show you very clearly that he's shot in the shoulder and he like sighs. So I just took it more for comedic effect. And then when I, on the rewatch, it does look like both bullets just go to the corner there when he shoots. So right now I'm assuming that he just shot his son in the shoulder and like wounded him. But there is a chance that in episode five, we're going to learn that he killed his son 10 years ago. Which I, is- I mean, that, kid that would be actually Barry just killing off crystal ball. Like I can't, I can't say that that's not a possibility, but that would be devastating if he killed his son right there. You said Barry's a dick. Gene's a dick. Oh, Gene's <laughs> yeah. Gene's the worst. I mean, he's a narcissist, right? He's insane. He can't, he can't help himself. Mm-mm. Um, Oh my God. Gene had some of my favorite moments of the season that him sweating his ass off doing the one man show was a 10 out of 10. And again, I love hearing all the things when the first meeting of Barry, no, my class is full. Get out of my class. I don't <laughs> yeah. have room. <laughs> yeah, sure. I love you. <laughs> so good. So and how about the lawn end up? He was eating Skittles and now he's t- talking German. Now like, he's, what now, he's, now he's eating gummy. Now he, gummy bear? The... <laughs> My favorite part for him, for him, my favorite line is when him and his agent break into Lon's house to try and find his computer and Lon's wife comes in the back door and he goes, oh, there's Lon's wife or there <laughs> she is. And then she's like, wait, are you are you dealing with the Barry Berkman article? Well, I really wish you'd call it the Gene Cousineau article, but yes. <laughs> I mean, even in that moment, he's just like, God damn it. Like, I can't even get this article to be about me. He gets Lon brainwashed and speak and German because of the guy from Vanity Fair because of what he did. And then he has to go into captivity um, and and he has to answer to, you know, to uh, God, what's what's uh what's Moss? Robert Wisdom's character's name? Moss. Yes, yes, okay. Janice Moss's dad, who is great in this show as well. Big time. I, I now interrogate people in the same way that he does at the end of season three. What's that? Remind me. It's just he just says, "Do you love my daughter, <laughs> Gene? Do you love my daughter?" Like he just <laughs> yeah. asks him the same question until he gets like a some suitable answer over and over again. <laughs> so the shooting scene with Gene, they did a really good job of making it seem like Barry, his son yeah. and Barry have similar heads. It looks like they yeah. even yeah, similar height. So what's interesting actually is I was reading an article and Bill Hader was saying that the actor who plays Kusno's son had COVID. So he wasn't actually there to shoot at least the, uh, the scene with Gene and him in the car when Gene's like, well, can I at least get order cat the cafe here? Like, and he's like, no, you can't. And <laughs> so that was actually Barry sitting in and then they had to bring him back. But one of the last shots they did is specifically for Henry Winkler was him being shooting the gun and being like, fuck you. <laughs> the stairs, which is excellent. Such a coward. <laughs> yeah. So potentially, so he can't be trusted by the, by Moss his case is going nowhere and he might have killed his son if he didn't kill his son he more he he could have like he shot him in the shoulder who knows what that's going to do we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold 
The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. His career was just starting to blossom, you know? He was going to have a recurring role on their world's law and order, you know, or whatever it's called. (laughs) Yep. So do you think he's alive in 10 years? Yes. Yes. There's no way we get an off-screen death for Henry Winkler's character. There's just no way. He's too iconic. He will be battling Barry till the end of of season four. There's just no way. I think there's no way. I don't know. I mean, maybe someone will die in between the next few episodes. I think episode eight is all bets are off. People might die. I don't know if anyone will die in five, six, seven. It's a, it's well, a I think bit. so when when Sally goes, so again, the jump forward, you know, you and I have, we've got Noho Hank just, you know, maybe he's got even more tattoos. He's got, you know, a line of, he's got literally white Lotus season two sex parties happening in his house with all men. And he's got Steven root in tow. He's got Fuchs providing him with assassins. Mm -hmm. So he's, he got rid of, oh, and I'm going to give a shout out. I mentioned this to you already, but Toro, the guy who who runs the two assassins from Amigos Gadget. Um, <laughs> who will be collaborating. Guillermo with. del Toro, the famous horror director. One of my favorite. That's another great scene when, when he's like, he's like, well, you know, there's a link in the podcast. <laughs> Click the link. You can see the gadget and how it works. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm driving. <laughs> so we think That's they're going to be don't hire there. two guys with a podcast. Okay, yeah, you don't hire two guys for the podcast with a hit. So now he's going to have Fuchs men doing his hits. <laughs> Henry Winkler, I'm I'm not. Sh- I could I need to Me be neither. convinced of where he's going to be. But the question becomes: for the show to keep going on, Barry and Sally's characters, something has to. You know, they're trying to live ignorantly blissfully this you know they got a kid they're in the desert somewhere but the loose thread is lieutenant Moss's father robert wisdom yeah he is not going to let barry just exist he's going to be looking for barry still and i think his character and maybe to that point i just thought of this maybe his character passes away and gene cousineau takes on his mantle of looking for barry but maybe the fact you- that he was staking out Sally's place when Sally gets there, I don't, I mean, he's got to be heard from again because he's mm-hmm. the one that could really bring all this shit back up to the surface. There has to be an event. There has to be an event that after eight years, we're just going to call it eight years of solace that living at, with only donuts in the fridge, which is one donut in the fridge, which is one insane. donut and all the bud heavy you could, you could want. <laughs> So there has to be an event. So speaking of Barry and Sally, do you think that Barry will have told Sally the extent of it? Or do you think the extent that Sally knows is, I'm sorry, I killed Janice. Like I, and, and spins a story. Do you, cause I don't know that season one, Barry may have had the glimmer in his eye to say, to tell people something and hope for the best in them. But I don't know that he has that in him anymore after all. Like, it's 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 weird because even in this opener of season four and he's on the phone with Gene and he's like, I love you. I love you. Are you mad at me? I love you. And it's like he is just so yeah. that kind of literally she says to him one time, I feel safe with you. And he's having daydreams about their life together. He's flipping on everybody else in his life to the feds. Yep. Barry is, you know, he's a dope, right? He's <laughs> yeah. he's literally, he thinks that he can just run away and not admit his problems and not admit his faults. So will she know the full extent of who Barry is? I think that's going to depend on how much she wants to know, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if she asks him, I think he'll tell her. But I don't think that Sally's really going to want to know. She knows that he's a bad guy. She knows that he's killed multiple people. And I think her character looking run down is going to be more 
she is a very like she's a talented actress. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like she crushes it in Mega Girls. <laughs> she, <laughs> yeah. But she's a talented actress. And, you know, a few, you know, an algorithm and a viral video makes her unable to ever to ever act again. Yep. Well, I think for her, it's going to be more of just she's going to be depressed because her life, you know, is going to be this unfortunate result of all of these bad things that have happened to her professionally and personally. Yeah. Um, Which is why I was sad that she decided to go, honestly. I thought she was just turning her life around. I really did. I thought she was going to make her way back. You know, when when she was leaving, when the when Kristen, the one that she's mentoring, is saying, oh, my God, you got to stay with me. The plane noise drowns Kristen out. Mm -hmm. And the effect that I think they were going for, at least what I took from it, was that that was her in her mind making the decision to go with Barry and leave acting. Because it doesn't matter how good of an actress she is. She couldn't get on Mega Girls. You know, she couldn't. She was going to be the guy who was offering her, a you know, a job in the car was offering her a 70K job like in in Los Angeles. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if that's going to make ends meet. I haven't been to Los Angeles to rent anything. But what was Sally doing before? How was she yeah. making ends meet before just gay a gig here and there? I know she got her own television show at some at one point, but then it got canceled after one drop. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. 70k I mean, she, sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it just I think she was having the realization that like this is as good as it gets yeah. for me. Teaching someone that I can never be who's less talented than me. Mm-hmm. Making, you know, the same bottom dollar wages to exist and just trying to rebuild a brand that is probably never going to be salvageable. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so sad about her character. Again, I I don't, I really don't think that Bill Hader wants you to see her as a victim because she is, she's not a great person either. And she's, yeah. you know, dealing with her consequences, but you know, it looks like her consequence is that she's going to be this, you know, alcoholic housewife. And Bill Hader's the one who's going to talk to the kid who, you know, probably isn't the one letting him play Call of Duty. So he's probably parenting him. He's got the glasses on the tucked in shirt. He's trying to be the Stepford house, you know, husband or what have you. So I'm excited. It leaves it in a place where I do think it makes a lot of sense for the time jump. I did not think it after I did not think it after the episode, the first watch of the episode. But now that I've had a couple of days to sit with it, I really think it's going to make the show more exciting because what were you going to do with <laughs> with Gene Cousineau anymore with Noho Hank anymore? Like you had to move them forward. Yeah. And I'm excited to see where it goes personally. Me too. And I'm excited for this season's unique type of episode. You know, Bill Hader has one more in him that's just like insanely directed. Like the it's going to be karate like karate episode. It's so fucking good. Like <laughs> I can't wait for whatever episode that is. Uh, I, I'm expecting a lot of blood brutality. At the last four, I think it's going to be, you know, I, I'm expecting some sort of war, like one last shebang. It's interesting because I almost, I think this is where, this is a good finishing place. So Barry's at a crossroads as a show. It's time jumping forward. There's a lot of uncertainty with all the characters. And there's two ways to, to your point that it could go, right? Because you've got... His advers- him going into captivity, his adversaries like Hank and Fuchs gaining power. It could be a war, right? It could be him yeah. being hunted down by by Hank, by Fuchs, by Janice Moss's father. But it could also be this sad reality of what all of their lives are. And what might be a little anticlimactic, but it's just they're all going to get their comeuppance in different ways later in life. You know, yeah. they try to run from it, but Noho Hank is going to be, you know, he's going to, he could, he's going to get screwed over by the Chechens and Barry's going to be caught by Janice Moss's father. Gene Cousineau is going to, you know, do something unforgivable to his son. 
because of his vanity. And that could kind of be where we, and that's the, and we could honestly, I, I think that we could be sitting here after like a f- great four, but very sad and like melodramatic four episodes. Yeah. Just where it ends by going, everybody in this show did fucked up things. They all had trauma that led to the reasons that they did the fucked up things. Mm-hmm. And they all had to pay for the fucked up things that they did at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm glad that we had this and talked it through. I like looking through the show, you know, through your lens, because I was watching this show for fun. I wasn't thinking I was going to do a podcast. So I was watching it leisurely. I was binging it really fast. So like work from home days, just (laughs) just... absolutely sending it. So it's it's really nice to dig in because this show. I mean, the nice thing about Barry is, I mean, we're talking about the entire show is like two work days. So it's not that long. (laughs) This show deserves to be looked at through a microscope. You know, it's it's. Bill Hader is a genius. I'm excited to see what he does after this, uh, but we're not there yet. We'll do that at the at the finale. Once it's done, we'll we'll tip our hats to Barry as a whole, even though we've already been doing it all episode. My my last parting shot is that I think just one shot, the stupidest call of all time. There's going to be a big billboard poster with Kristen in her like big movie or something like she's going to be the star <laughs> of some big movie. That's that's a great call. She will definitely. <laughs> I don't think I don't know if she'll be back, but she'll definitely be like super famous by that by that yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe even worse, she's not famous, but she's on the soap opera that <laughs> that Sally watches while she drinks her wine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> again, That's it's perfect. This 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 show, the last thing I'll say is I have extreme confidence that. However, it's going to end. I'm going to feel like it was a great, you know, a great ride. And everything is ending right now. Succession, Barry, we got the Love and Death, you know, miniseries. All these shows are coming out because, which I didn't even know, which I guess I should have known, given we did the Emmys pod earlier, that if your show's not done by the end of May, then you can't be qualified for the Emmys, which I didn't know. Yeah. So. We're going to have a crowded category this year for our for our for our podcast. But while successions of the world will probably reign supreme in best drama, I wouldn't mind Barry for its last season. Just reclassifying, getting out of the comedy and just taking a swing, classifying itself as a drama. See if it can get nominated against those Titans. Uh If it got nominated for best drama, that would be a win for me because this show is. This show is next level in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Perfect. Perfectly said. You didn't drop any any of the binge towns. Oh, I'm doing it. So listen, we are doing speaking of succession Sunday nights for the pod are fucking fantastic. Technically, Yellow Jackets drops on Friday and that's when I stream it, but it airs on Sunday. So we've got Yellow Jackets week to week. We've that's on our binge on feed and our Buzztown TV feed. We've got Succession that has its own feed, but you can also find it on our main feed. And we're doing The Mandalorian, uh, which is on our main feed. Those are the shows we're doing right now. It's jam packed. I'm glad we're doing Barry as well. Uh, Barry's yellow- just a nice little. I don't know. It's maybe the sorbet. You know, it's getting. It's a palate cleanser sure. for you. But I will sure. say, um, if you, if anybody out there is a fan of these great shows. You gotta, you gotta get on the succession feed. I've been loving you guys doing your debrief every week. Keep that going. And, uh, yeah, this is Barry's just, we're just creating a collection of prestige television within Bidgetown to go with our binge worthy Netflix content. And, you know, I can't get enough of it. Jay Spang is going to be busy building that website. You know, we've had a nonstop, we were riches on Sunday nights with we had House of the Dragon. We had the White Lotus. We had The Last of Us. And now we have Succession and Barry. What is next? And am I missing something? Because what's next? I'll be so sad if for the first well, time. You in know like what's going to be next for your boy. Let's hear After it. this Emmy season is over, we got True Detective season four. Yes, I did know that. We, we're planning on covering that as well, but that doesn't have a release date yet. I saw the trailer dropped like two weeks ago, but it doesn't have a trailer. I, or I a feel like yet. it's going to be a summer show, but we'll see. 
We'll I think see. I have to watch three. I don't know that I watched True Detective season three. Oh, Mahersh- a little Mahershala Ali. I heard it's three. got its That'll... thing back. Oh three. yeah, I mean, okay. I'll look a funny podcast if we wanted to go down the rabbit hole of True Detective is it's bad, but I can stand for season two, which is terrible, but I can stand for it. I could I could fight with anybody killing season two as well. Well, Taylor Kish. <laughs> I'll I'll take I just finished my Friday Night Lights bin uh bin rebinge and Taylor Kish I'll watch him in it literally <laughs> you watch, watch him in anything well <laughs> great hanging out Kathleen and I'm looking forward to seeing you back on here in four weeks perfect can't wait all right we are binge down TV and thanks for listening you're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.